Hi, my name is Kale Roberts. I want to welcome you to Huddle Up, hosted by my parents, Chris and Sarah Roberts. Huddle up as we hear from our sports families about their stories and gods. Welcome to the Huddle Up podcast. October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. It's something a lot of people have gone through, but not many people talk about. Sarah and I are no different. We want to connect with your stories by sharing ours. So we went through about six years of infertility and uh, Sarah had some issues with uh, endometriosis and ovarian cyst. And can you kind of talk about that and kind of walk us through that time, Sarah? Well, first of all, it was hard because you feel like there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a toll on you emotionally. It takes a toll on you physically and spiritually of just not being able to conceive a child. It was so hard. Um, but when we found out what was going on, we were able because of surgeries to get pregnant with both Kale and Chloe. And yeah, we had, you had a surgery to get pregnant with Kale mm -hmm. and then had another surgery, which they said after you got pregnant the first time that the endometriosis should go away and should be good. But actually came back with a vengeance and then I had to have another surgery to get pregnant with Chloe. It did. It came, it came back with a vengeance so much that um, they ended up taking out a fallopian tube and an ovary and felt like half a woman. And it was just, <laughs> it was, yeah. And, but um, with the sec, after the second surgery, we got pregnant with Chloe and it was awesome. But I remember you sitting me down and you said, you know, we have two awesome kids, mm -hmm. Kale and Chloe, and I just don't want you to go through any more surgeries. Well, we had talked about having three kids. Yes, and that's kind of where it did. came from. Yeah. But it's like I, I saw how much of a toll it took on you, like you said, emotionally, but also physically. And just it was just good just to, you know, go with what we had. And so we decided at that point in time that if God really wanted us to have a third, then it was going to be on him mm. and we weren't going to have any more surgeries. And lo and behold, we got pregnant on our own, which was crazy. We didn't even think it was possible. Um, but man, it was, it was awesome. But at eight weeks. Well, and we praised God in that time. We did. Cause yeah. you know, we didn't think that was possible. Yeah. And, but at eight weeks, you know, we started bleeding and went in and we ended up miscarrying and we were crushed. Mm -hmm. And that was probably the, the, the saddest, most emotionally drained that I have ever seen you. Mm. Well, I just, I just knew the toll it took on you and, and uh, just emotionally, like I said, it was just, it was really hard for me to see you go through that. And as we sat, I remember at the doctor's office, we sat and I didn't know what to say because I was in, in tears, but in shock. And I just remember hugging you and saying, you know what, coach, we're going to praise God when we win and we're going to praise God when we lose. Right. And so we sat there in the middle of our pain and we prayed and we praised God for the kids that we had and asked him to get through this painful time that we were going through. Mm -hmm. And you know what? A few months later, God was good, right? That's right. And That's right. we got pregnant again. And we thought, oh, okay, God, we see what you're doing. You know, you're through there, through the valleys, and you're there through the, the mountaintops, and this was a mountaintop. And we went in for eight-week checkup, and it, baby looked great. Mm -hmm. Heartbeat all good. Yes. And we went back at 12 weeks, 
and for another ultrasound. And we even brought Kale and Chloe four and two at the time because we thought, oh, this would be fun. Mm -hmm. But as we sat in that doctor's office, we saw the look on the doctor's face and it was one that we had seen mm -hmm. before. Oh, yeah. And we knew that we were, we had lost the second baby as well. And I took that one way harder, the second one, um, because I felt like after the first one, you kind of, you, you, people just didn't talk about it. And you, it was something that you got past instead of working through. Yeah. And I'm not sure I ever fully healed emotionally. And it all came out after that second win. And, and I gave you the same tip. You know, yeah. we're going to praise God when we win and we're going to praise him when we lose. And we did it again, right. right there in the middle of our pain. That's exactly what we did once again. And, but I felt like this time, instead of just working past or get, trying to get past it, we, we got real and honest and we really worked through it. And I mean, I had depression and um, ended up having to be on medication. People don't talk about that they, very often because, you know, if you have enough faith, then you shouldn't be on medication. But I was dealing with a lot of post, what if, what if it's post-traumatic or post postpartum, postpartum <laughs> all of it. And, and that was probably one of the lowest, darkest times of our life. But... Uh, we never stopped seeking the Lord. And, and I remember. Um, but once again, we were, we were okay. I mean, we, we were okay in the sense that God gave us two awesome kids, two healthy kids. And, and we wanted to, we were thankful for that. And we were ready to, to roll with two. <laughs> we were, and, and we, we were grieving the loss of the two, but we were so thankful for the two yeah. that we had. But I remember us reading and it was in Habakkuk and it hit us hard. And if you're going through something similar or have gone through something, it is our prayer that this gives you some encouragement as much as it did us when we were going through. And it says in Habakkuk three, it says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. And we have awesome kids now and I can still feel it, mm. the, the pain of then, but that verse is still as real today as it was when I read it um, then during that time as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know this part of the story. Hold up. Do we still have two kids? We still, no, we do not have two kids still. <laughs> we, we did we, add a little bit. We do, we do not, we didn't, we don't just have two kids, which is still crazy to me. And we were in a couple's Bible study and um, there, was, there was a certain couple there and people were sharing about what their spiritual gifts were. And there was a girl there, her name was Julie, and she might have the seat next to Jesus at some point in time. <laughs> she just is that um, pure hearted. And we were sharing as couples what our spiritual gifts were. And she shared. Well, she didn't want to share. She didn't want to, yeah. right. Yeah. She didn't want to share. Yeah. And um, she said, I, I don't like to share it because people think that I'm weird. 
Um, but she said, I have the gift of prophecy. And you and popped I, off. Yeah, I was sarcastic in my response. And I said, oh, you got anything for us? And she said, as a matter of fact, I do. And with tears in her eyes, she said, you will have a third. And, you know, was our, a bless your heart moment. It was. It was. <laughs> We all started crying and they got around and prayed for us and over us and with us. And it was amazing. But if you know anything about endometriosis, it's hard and it came back and I was struggling again. And so we just felt like this friend of ours wanted it so badly for us that she, and, and she missed this one because she just loved us so much and wanted this so bad for us. But I set up a doctor's appointment. It was during football season to get it, set an appointment for a hysterectomy to get rid of this pain once and for all. And I went to the appointment by myself because it's football season, yeah. right? And I sat in the office um, waiting room and Julie calls. She has no idea where we are or why I'm at the doctor's office. And she leaves me a message. And I listened to the message in the waiting room and she said, I just felt like I was supposed to call and remind you of the promise that God gave me that you will have a third. And as I sat there in the waiting room, crying God, out to God saying, God, you know why I'm here. And I go into the doctor's office and they take my blood and the doctor comes back and says, we only have one option and that's to have a baby because you're pregnant. And are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like as, as much as I wailed in the loss of the first one, I wailed in praise in that doctor's office, thanking God. And I mean, do you remember when we coming back to football and I never interrupt yeah, practice. No, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I run up. I thought the, the worst. Uh, you did. You thought the worst. And I ran onto the football field and that is our case. Mm. But Number even three. the story doesn't end there. Oh, there's more to it? There's more. <laughs> you all, as you're listening, hear this. It's crazy that we have been pregnant five times, yet um, we lost two, but we still have five children. That is, if there's anything that is God in the middle of our story, that's where we have seen it the most as he works all things to the good of those who loved him and a called according to his purpose, even our pain of losing two children and, and bringing two children into our home who also went through their, their own pain. pain. That's right. And we have been pregnant five times and God has given us five kids and Wow. Yeah. That's that our is, story. Uh, yeah, that, and that, and one of these days we'll get into the adoption story. Yeah. But yeah. that's the story of the loss of yeah, our that's, babies. That's, that's, a, that was how we got to five. And that was just a, still crazy just to tell that story. Only and God. Only right. God. That's right. So that's, that's our story. And um, now uh, we are so excited to bring you Anthony and Chris Grant's story. So Coach Grant is the head basketball coach at the University of Dayton. And Dayton was actually getting ready to be a one seat uh, for the NCAA tournament uh, before COVID hit in uh, the middle of March. 
But the Grants have been around uh, college and NBA basketball for 20 years. They have four kids. But what we want to share today is that they are heartbreaking story of a uh, private loss while in a very public profession. So huddle up as we hear the hearts of Anthony and Chris Grant. We are so excited to have Anthony and Chris Grant from the University of Dayton join us on Huddle Up. We love this couple and their family so much, and you're going to love them too. So welcome to Huddle Up, Coach and Chris Grant. All right, well, so let's get to um, let's get to the first questions we like to ask everybody. One, how did you meet? Two, how many years have you been married? And three, tell us about your family. Oh, wow. All right, so I'll, I'll take the first part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so actually, we we uh, where my family lived in Miami, uh, we lived actually two houses away from where Chris's grandmother lived. So. Uh, We've known each other since we were little kids. My family moved away, and uh, we didn't see each other for probably a good 10 years yeah. or so. And then uh, I college, came to the University of Dayton, came back to Miami and was coaching high school. And uh, Chris was, was in a, a singing group, and, I, and they were doing a talent show down at the Caleb Center in Miami. And I, I happened to be at the talent show. and. Uh, a friend of mine said, you know who that is? And I was like, no, I don't. And it's like, that's Chris, that used to live, you know, uh, over our 51st. So I went to say hi. Uh, we, we said hello. And then... Uh, he didn't know who I was. I <laughs> he had no idea. Fast forward about a few weeks later, we were down at a festival in Miami called Calle Ocho. And uh, she came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said hi. And I turned around and and we, we kind of reconnected. And as she was walking away, I told a couple of my buddies, it's going to be my future wife. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. The, and the we've rest is history. Now. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. so we've been married 25 years yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, happy anniversary. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. And then, Chris, I'll let you talk about our family. Okay. Well, we have uh, four beautiful children. Oldest is 24. Um, next oldest is 20, 18, and 15. They're all uh, fairly athletic. They have ability. <laughs> They're all using it. Okay, um, I've seen them, but you're being a little, I mean. You're playing it off a little bit. You are playing it off a little bit. They are, they are very athletic. Well, two, the middle two are um, Dayton students now. One's a... Um, sophomore now and the other one is a what junior mm -hmm. Preston um is a junior now um so we're enjoying living here in Ohio and it's um and it's a full journey. circle for you guys because you were at Dayton before or you went to Dayton and now yeah and now you have have come back so that's that's super exciting yeah <laughs> that's cool so let's talk about Dayton for a second um Coach, you guys are having an amazing year. If I'm not right, 29 and two, ranked number three in the country. Um, we're getting ready for the the NCAA tournament, and then COVID-19 hits. Uh, kind of tell me how disappointing was that, and how do you, as the leader of your team, how do you handle that? Yeah, 
I mean, obviously, you know, any any time your season ends as abruptly as ours did, you know, and and it's out of your control, it's pretty difficult, you know. And, and as adults, you know, we 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 uh, are prepared, I guess, maybe to to put things in perspective. What what makes it difficult is when you're dealing with kids and you have to, you know, go and tell you know 18 to 22 year olds that you know uh, unexpectedly uh, the season has come uh, to an end. And so that was the difficult part, having to to go in the locker room, and, and or we were actually in a hotel uh, to go in the meeting room and tell our team that we were no longer going to have a chance to beat in the in the um, tournament, uh, and then to find out a couple hours later that the the NCAA tournament had indeed been canceled. Uh, that that was difficult. Uh, a lot of emotion, uh, a lot of tears, a lot of uh, you know just a lot of an empty feeling. And uh, so uh, the thing that, that we tried to quickly get our guys to understand is that, you know, we were able to create some unbelievable uh, memories and, and have some special bonds that they that will last them a lifetime. So I don't know that that hurt uh, of not being able to, to finish what we started will ever, ever really go away. But hopefully the memories we created, uh, the things we did get to accomplish in the 31 games that we played, uh, we did win uh, an Atlantic 10 championship. Uh, we were, as you mentioned, uh, you know, a top five team in the country at the end of the year in a position to, to go to the NCAA tournament with the potential number one seed. So those things will never be taken away from this group. And I think as time goes on, they'll begin to appreciate it even more and more. Right. And you always, you're always going to deal with that, you know, what if question of what 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 could have happened or what could have been and i know that has to be hard trying to navigate that through with your team of answering those questions or really not being able to answer those questions yeah to be honest with you you know every year is a different different year you know so we've got a, a new group that's on campus now and i think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we tried to live in the past mm. absolutely yeah. we, we've got to be able to move forward and, uh, you know, like, like uh, what's the old saying that that's why they make the rear view mirror the smallest one mm, <laughs> That's know? good. in front of you is the biggest one. So you can kind of keep your eyes focused on where they need to be. And uh, Chris, you mentioned it earlier before we got on the Skype, you know, just the, being able to control what you can control. And so for our guys, we got to move forward and, uh, and continue to, to control the things that we can control. You know, so like I said, it, you know, at least for, for me and the things I, I choose, we all have a choice, right? Yeah. We, we can choose to, to uh, you know, look back with regret or we can look back with gratitude. And so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to choose gratitude. And uh, so, yeah, so we're good and, and uh, excited about, you know, the, what the future holds and, and looking looking forward to, to seeing if we can uh, uh, figure this out with this pandemic in terms of what'll happen next. Mm, I love that, it. That spoke is so much like a coach, man. Okay. Just, <laughs> I mean, well, however you did last season, it doesn't matter on this one. You could, you could build you on it and you got to go forward and you don't want to rob this year's team mm. uh, from what was last year. That That's so good. So coach, you, you've been, obviously you're the head coach at Dayton. Now you've coached in the NBA. What's the biggest difference or, or couple big differences between uh, the college game and the professional game? Yeah, I get that question a lot. You know, it, it's a it's a different game just from the standpoint of listen, you've got in the NBA, you've got you got the 
some of the greatest athletes in the world, mm. you know, and, and, and just the level that they, uh, they're the best of the best in terms of their, their, their skills and their talents. But the other part of it is, is their, their basketball IQ, their understanding of, of how to play the game is at a really, really high level. And then you've also got a diff, different set of rules with a 48 minute game, 24 second shot clock, uh, you know, a, a wider lane, a longer three point line, uh, you know, 20, uh, defensive rules that you don't have in college. So when uh, it's different, what is the same is it's about the relationships and the ability to communicate and get everybody on the same page, working together for a common goal. And all the guys in the NBA, they, they want to be, be great at what they do. And uh, it's about trying to help them become the best version of themselves. And really, I think that's what we do at the college level, probably on a few different fronts as, as students, as athletes, trying to get these guys to go from being uh, young men uh, when they when they are, are boys, when they come to you into young men, when they leave you mm. and understanding everything that, that goes that goes into that uh, from a, a work ethic standpoint, a self-discipline standpoint, uh, being a good teammate, uh, you know, just the, the all the values that we try to instill in in our young men. Uh, you you, you kind of get to maybe uh, invest a little bit more in that at the college level. Uh, you know, in the NBA, you could be dealing with a young man that's fresh out of college or, you know, maybe 18, 19 years old that, that had an unbelievable opportunity to enter the league early. He, he's teammates with a guy that may have three kids and a wife. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, it makes you know, for a weird dynamic kids. right there. So, yeah, it's different. It's different flow. Well, and, and one thing I love about you all is you guys embody what we call family is team and team is family. And you guys have been so many places from Florida to Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio. Sports has taken you and your family really all over the place, right? What are some ways that you guys have kept your family close and grounded um, with all of the moves having to go everywhere? Chris and Coach, both of you, right there. Um, I think for me, um, just making sure we keep the family time central. Um, although you know the opportunities to get together as a family and and engage in various activities could be limited, but um, for me, I I like to think that I recognize the importance of maybe trying to sit down to a family dinner together. Um, or going out and just kind of engaging, um, you know, away from the athletic realm. Um, and we all enjoy, you know, the athletic part of it, you know, attending the games and, and watching the, the sports. But I think for me, it's just trying, you know, making sure we keep family time um, at the forefront mm. and carving out to make that happen. That's so good. And you guys are, you're just not a coaching family. You're also parents of athletes. <laughs> right. And, and we know we have a lot of parents who of athletes who are listening and, and even coaches, families who are listening. What advice could you give to parents of athletes who want to play at the le next level? Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, that, that's probably a, a, a tiered answer. I think, um, number one, make sure that it's the it's your child's uh, passion. Mm. they want to do as opposed to uh, being something that, that maybe you want them to be involved in. 
I, I've tried to be cool with that. And, and sometimes you look and you say, maybe I should have pushed a little bit more, you know, on, on some areas and maybe, you know, you back up. But I always, you know, tell our kids, we wanted them involved in some type of activity, uh, some type of sport, but they got to choose whatever it was. And then they also got to choose how much uh, passion they had for it. I think it's, That's different good. it's different levels. Some some kids could be interested in, in playing a sport for the camaraderie of the sport and just for the fun of it. And then some really have a passion to go out and say, okay, I, I want to do this at the next level uh, in terms of college or, or maybe even further than that. And then, you know, being able to, to, to help them understand the sacrifices that go into that from the academic standpoint, from uh, the choices and decisions they make with, you know, what they do with their time, how they value their time, and the relationships. There, there's a lot of different things that go into it in terms of, uh, like, obviously for me being a coach and, and seeing, uh, you know, when, when we recruit different different athletes, uh, I think the biggest thing that, that you kind of see uh, or you look for is is that, that support. I would say just be a, be a resource to to encourage and inspire and, uh, you know, create opportunities for them to pursue their passion. I it's love that you me. I see my kids out on the track or in the basketball court. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I feel like I get overly enthusiastic about this. <laughs> no, not you, Chris. I can't see that at all. Well, and I love that you said it's our job to support them but it's not our job to give their passion to them yeah they choose their passion that's really good that 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 was i I loved i loved how you said that that's awesome and you guys talk about making family a priority and work that in what about like family traditions um that may or may not be unique to your guys family i had a i had a favorite restaurant you mentioned all the places we've been Uh uh-huh as a family in florida and alabama and virginia and I had a favorite restaurant in every spot, and it had the same name, <laughs> Chris's Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I love it. So you got to take your favorite restaurant to every place that you ever were. Awesome. A franchise in every city I've, I've moved. <laughs> That's that. That's awesome. Well, as you guys, as you guys know, October, you may or may not know. I don't know. October is National Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And we shared a little bit about our story earlier, but we want to know, we, we want to know, um, we know that you guys have had your own heartbreaking experience with this as well. Can you guys tell us and share a little bit about your story with that? You want to share? Oh, yeah. Um, well, it was our second um, pregnancy. Um, I think that you know, 1999, February 1999, we were due to... Um, to deliver and just um, on that particular day, I think, you know, I just knew something didn't feel right at, you know, as a mom and, you know, AJ was about two or three, my oldest was about two or three years old. So that particular day um, just, you know, didn't quite feel right and knew that I needed to go and get my, um, just get my checkup and make sure the baby was doing okay. And I'm just so thankful that, Anthony happened um, to be in town that day yeah. with all we, their traveling. We were, we were in, in Gainesville. We were at the University of Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, we, were, we were scheduled to have a, a game that, that evening. And so she came by the office 
um, and said that she was going to go to the to the hospital just to get you know a checkup because she didn't didn't feel right, hadn't really felt the baby that day, and just you know I think you were in your eighth month mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. And months. so uh, I had some time in between. I think we'd had maybe a shoot around that morning in the game that evening. So I said, okay, I'll I'll just go with you. So we went we went to the hospital together. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And. Um, my oldest son was with us and, um, you know, the doctors did what they needed to do, monitors and, and all of that, and um, discovered that the baby had passed sometime, you know, maybe in the night or in the day. Um, turned out he was stillborn and um, we ended up having uh, just an emergency C-section. And um, yeah, so it was... Uh, Heartbreaking, unexpected experience, and yeah. um, I think the probably difficult part of, of that, you know, as a parent, um, to hear to hear that news mm-hmm. unexpectedly, you know, because uh, you know when you're when you're young, you think it's just you know, hey, we're gonna have a baby, boom, boom, it just happens, and so to be that late term, and then to get that news was was um, you know, that was devastating. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, on the other side of that, it was uh, we discovered that uh, there had been some type of of, uh, of hemorrhaging that had taken place uh, in terms of the baby separating from the placenta, which uh, which obviously, uh, you know, to go from knowing that you had lost your child to find out that my wife had internal bleeding, mm. so there was a sense of urgency to get uh, the C-section done. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty traumatic experience, you know, losing, losing a child and also potentially um, losing, losing my spouse at the same time. So, uh, you know, you, you, you get a chance to reflect and, and you try to put things in perspective. And I'll never forget this. She, she, she doesn't realize this, but she was, we were in the hospital one night and, uh, you know, you pray and you, you know, you cry and you're emotional and, and you're getting phone calls and people stopping by and the whole deal. And one night, we, it was just a quiet night and uh, didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, how you get this feeling, like you feel like, you know, God speaking to you. You know, you, you think about it. And, and as Chris said, for me, you know, we had one child and, you know, and uh, so it puts things in perspective that you, you realize how difficult that is to bring a child in the world. And then, you know, uh, you look at it and, and you know, the Bible tells you that, that, you know, everything works for the good for them that love the Lord. And you try to figure out, well, how, how is this good? How is this going to work out good? You know, but I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust God on this one. And, and I know he can reveal to me how this will, this will be good. You know, and a year later, um, she's given birth to our second son, Preston. Mm. And uh, so we went through, you know, you can imagine that the next time around, because there, there was nothing that we could pinpoint to say this is why this happened. There was nothing. The doctors couldn't come up with anything. There was nothing, nothing that that was out of the ordinary where you could say this is why this took place. And so, uh, you know, when he came into the world, I had a different, a different perspective. Right. You know, I, I, what that meant, you know. And then when our daughter came into the world, it was you know a blessing because we had two sons now. And then you know, our last, Makai, you know, that was. You know, you appreciated it differently. And then through that process, um, you know, we had some friends uh, that uh, all went through that experience. And so we were able to provide comfort for them. 
so that, you know, just because they went through something very similar uh, to what we went through. And, and just, you know, we didn't know anybody that had gone through that when we went through it. So to be a resource for somebody else that had to go through something similar to that, you know, you realize why. And then several years later, we got to, you know, uh, I think it was CBS did a, did a story uh, about what had happened to, to us, to, to Billy and his wife, and to John Pelfrey. We were all on the same staff, and we all lost, lost children during, during pregnancy. Uh, so to see that happen three times on, on one staff uh, to three people on the same staff, uh, John had moved to another job when it happened to him. But, uh, so they, they told that story, and then uh, a lot of people, you know, sent emails or letters saying how much it had helped them to hear that story. And uh, a couple in New York uh, that uh, they reached out. I said, we're still in contact to this day. You know, it's, it's just an amazing thing. So it does work out for the good. And I and thank you guys so much for sharing that story because I know sometimes it's not easy to share um, pain a lot of times. But I love the fact that you brought in uh, I believe it's Romans 8, 28, that God will work all things to the good of those who loved him and are called according to his purpose. And I love the fact that he did. And when, in a moment that you didn't think how, um, how could you? That's what makes him God, and that's what he did. He brought mm -hmm. something good, and your story helped others get through theirs. And that's kind of what we are praying and hoping, that people hear our stories, and, and help, it helps them get through theirs. And I, I love the fact that and, and, you know, Chris has heard me say this, is doing life with Jesus doesn't mean the end of problems. It means the end of facing problems alone. And you felt the peace of God right in the middle of your pain. And that's what it means to do life with God. And I know that um, for us, when you talked about that baby, it's like you appreciated, almost like we took for granted the first pregnancies that we had or the first baby that we had. And... Once we had that baby after the loss, goodness gracious, you just different perspective. A different perspective. Perfect. I mean, the, the the joy that you have and the different perspective. It just it's different, and it just um, it's just a different feeling, totally different. And I I love that you 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 shared a little bit about this because the coaching sports family was a huge part of healing process, right? Because that those are your people. Those are those are your people. How did how did your people help you get through one of the most difficult times of your life? What what could people do to help you navigate through the healing? Well, um, they were just there. Um, you know, even when we didn't ask them to be there, they were there to you know um, give support. Um, but there was this one particular lady that had come into our life. Um, before the loss, her name was Sonia Bandu. Mm -hmm. And I think she had been the most anointed woman that I'd ever met. And she was just a part of the, the Gator family. She was just there, her and her son. She had had um, an experience, a, a um, I think a divine experience herself with her her son. And she, yeah, she had a son heart, that heart issues. died and actually came back to life as, as an infant. Yeah. So, um, you know, she was part of her family before the ordeal. So after, you know, we lost Brandon, um, she was, I think, very instrumental in 
helping us navigate um, that dark time, you know, just being a, um, a spiritual guide and um, just kind of reaff reaffirming and helping us to remember that, you know, even in difficult times, God is there to, to get us through. And, and, and by the simple fact that she was a part of our life, I think is a testament that God was kind of preparing us, you know, putting things in place. That's how I like to look at it. I, I, I love hearing, um, you know, we talk about the highs and lows, the highs of a, of a season and the lows of losing the child. I, I mean, that, that's the highs and lows of life, right? What has God taught you as a family in the highs and uh, in the lows that you guys have experienced? For me, I can, I can speak for me. Um, you know, there, there's been highs and lows, you know, and obviously we're talking about, you know, one of, one of the lowest, you know, when you lose a child. Uh, but there's been other things that, that, have, that has happened in our lives that have been, you know, challenging, to say the least, to deal with. And so you, you realize, uh, you know, where your faith is. And, and I, I say this a lot, like, you know, God will put things in, in our hands, where, whether it's a job or a house or a child or a spouse or whatever. And a lot of times our tendency when we get those those blessings is we do this and we say, this is mine, mm. you know, this is mine. And at the end of the day, just to remember that it all belongs. I like all stewards of, of what is his. So if at some point God decides to take that house or that person out of your life, but you still have to trust. That he knows best, mm -hmm. right? and so uh, being able to keep that faith, even when you can't see how you know this is going to be, just going to work out, when you can't sleep at night because you, you you're up and you're worried about you know uh, what's going to happen, you know uh, whether it's you know a, a, a job or a family member, or a child, uh, just to just to know uh, that his his word is true. And so uh, it may not turn out the way you want it to, uh, but, but you got to trust his plan and his purpose mm. for your life. Yeah. That's yeah. a great, that, that's a, that's a word, Anthony, right there in and of itself. That is a word because we do wait. We, we, those things that God gives us, we, we hold on to it like they are ours and they're not, they're, they're his. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a, that is such a good word. Thank you guys so much for, for sharing your heart, your family, your faith with us today. Um, and right now, we're going to go ahead and um, close it out with one of our favorite things that we get to do, which is our two-minute drill. So, um, yeah, we love the two-minute drill. It's good, but... Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a two-minute drill in basketball. <laughs> we, we should call it for their basketball coaches the 30-second shot clock. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but so one thing about our two-minute drill, it's awesome. We have a great sponsor. It's the NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services. Ready to serve, Eagle Universal Services is a contract service provider, provide, priding itself as a for-profit business doing nonprofit work. Thank you, NFL Alumni Association of Georgia and Eagle Universal Services. Okay, are you guys ready to play? Okay, let's go. You ready? You tell uh, us when. Let's go. Okay. 
If you could hang out with one person for a day, who would it be? For me? Chris Grant. Oh! <laughs> he is getting some points today, Chris. Um, oh, wow. I think Michelle Obama. Oh, okay. That's like our yeah, second like, one yeah, in, yeah. in a row. Who was your favorite athlete growing up? Muhammad Ali. Yeah. For me, growing up, the only person growing up, I think, was Carl Lewis, the track mm, star. Yes, okay. awesome. yes, yes. What is your favorite junk food? Oh, wow. Uh, Chocolate-covered almonds. Mm, nice. That's kind of being healthy, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Out of junk food? <laughs> Chris, what's your favorite? <laughs> Dark chocolate covered almonds. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. You're all time. Eat up. Yeah, that's right. Eat, eat up. All time favorite movie. All time favorite movie. For me, um, I think it's Ghost. Oh, okay. I love the yeah. song in there. Unchained. Was it Unchained? Unchained Melody. Melody. Yes. <laughs> So I'll say the movie I could watch over and over again. I never get tired of is Love and Basketball. Oh, Love and Basketball. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, Anthony, your favorite quality about Chris? Uh, she's got an unbelievable heart for people. Mm. That, like just a really, really good person. That is awesome. Chris, what's your favorite quality about Anthony? Um, I would have to say the fact that he's just so emotionally grounded. That's good. That, that's good. Okay, last one. Who's the most influence on you in your faith journey? Oh, oh my God. God. You got to answer that one. It's uh, Even though the buzzer went off, I want to hear the answer. Yeah, I'd say my parents. Parents. Awesome. Um, faith journey? I would say, I would say Anthony. Oh, good guys. You guys are the sweetest. Just the sweetest. That is awesome. So good. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the Huddle Up podcast, sharing your heart, your your stories, and um, just sharing your wisdom with, with us. I, I know I, I, I took my notes um, about control and um, passion for the, our kids' of sports. and Or letting them control their passion. Or letting that's, them. That, I'm sorry. That's what my notes said. That's what my notes said. <laughs> yeah, um, it's easy to do. This is why I have him. This is why I have him. Um, but thank you guys so much. Thank this you. is great. Thank you. for listening to the podcast. Sarah and I love getting to share other people's stories. If you could just do us a couple favors. One, if you could just subscribe to the Hello with Chris and Sarah podcast. Two, review it. If you liked it, you didn't like it, or somewhere in between, that just really helps us to develop the content and just the questions that we ask our guests. And third, just share it. If it's something that you enjoyed or administered to you or you think others would like it, please just share it with them. And until next time, when you huddle up with Chris and Sarah Roberts.